Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Dare to Dream Bigger Business Podcast with me, your host, Claire Yosa, author of Dare to Dream Bigger, speaker and inside work mentor to entrepreneurs, small business owners and passionate world changers. And today's episode is for you if you've ever worked your backside off creating a freebie or a free challenge or a free video training or even a free program, hoping that the law of reciprocity will get people signing up for your paid stuff and it didn't work the way you were told it would. Welcome. So I remember back in 2002 when I first got onto the internet and I read and studied everything I could about how to make online marketing and selling and running an online business work. One of the hot things back then, so this is now 15 years ago, was something called the law of reciprocity which now is no longer a a law, it's considered a universal truth. What does it mean? It means if you give a potential customer something for free, they'll feel somehow obliged and they'll pay you for something else, yeah? And back then, it used to work quite well. I ran an interview advice site based on NLP and psychology and how to interpret the questions that people were asking you in your job interviews. I'd done thousands of interviews over my corporate career. And I had some free resources that helped people and I did get quite a few then signing up for my paid information and programs. But the thing is, sitting here now as I speak this episode for you in 2017, the law of reciprocity is broken. It's no longer working like it used to. But before I explain why, I want to tell you what it is not. So the law of reciprocity is not an excuse to justify our addiction to compulsive overgiving. It's not meant to be about, oh, if I give this wonderful thing to them, then they'll like me and I'll feel worthy, which is a pattern that lots of us are running. If that's running for you, I have that T-shirt, possibly an entire wardrobe of them over the last 15 years. Come and let me know. I can help, yeah? It's not about giving in the hope that somebody is going to want to pay their gratitude back to you. It's about over-delivering on the free stuff, so they're so blown away, it takes away some of the resistance for the purchase decision. It's about your intention, your energy, giving without agenda. When you're getting it that way, it's great, but it's still not working. We've killed the law of reciprocity. So when you look back at, say, the traditional gurus of India, I'm a certified yoga teacher, meditation and mindfulness teacher, and If you go to an ashram in India to study under a guru, under a master, you would never dream of asking them to teach you for free. You would always take some kind of gift, some kind of energy exchange with you. The guru's needs are met. Their food, their clothes, their accommodation, people do their housework. The space is held for them so that they can create the transformation for you. That is a balanced energy exchange. Because otherwise, as my old meditation mentor used to tell me, the guru is putting the student into karmic debt. They're giving some huge gift to the student, which isn't going to work as well because the student hasn't given anything in return. When you look at the world of Reiki, Master Usui, I'm also a Reiki master teacher. Master Usui did a lot of work for free 
with people who were deprived and homeless. And he found it never worked as well unless they did something back for him or paid it forward to somebody else. If there was no energy exchange, the effect of the healing was not as pronounced or it didn't last. And we all know it, yeah? We do it these days. Is how many free opt-in goodies, you know, downloads, ebooks, cheat sheets, audios, video trainings, webinars have you got sitting in your inbox or festering on your hard drive collecting virtual dust, making you feel bad about not having done them? The effort and commitment we put into something when we've said yes with our wallets as well as with our heads and our hearts and our time is hugely different to that which we do when it's free. So here's the problem. Getting something generous for free on the internet used to be a big deal. Yeah, it used to wow us. If you've read Dare to Dream Bigger, you'll have heard me talking about how to move from woe to wow with your dream customers and the Japanese manufacturing techniques of surprise and delight. In the olden days, something free used to surprise and delight us. But here's the thing, Misaki Amai, who developed the model that that particular manufacturing system is based on, he said that over time, the things that used to delight someone become their minimum expectations. So we've been moving the free line. Our customers have been moving the free line where before maybe a mini report used to blow them away. They now expect an ebook. Where an ebook used to blow them away, they now want a five-part training course, where a five-part training course used to blow them away, they now want a two-day face-to-face conference for free. What used to excite them for free no longer does. See, you now have to give at a much bigger level to get that reciprocity, to get them to feel, wow, that was so generous and helpful. I want to now pay this person something. And can you feel what's changed in the last few years? Think about the opt-in stuff you've done in the last year, maybe, that you've actually signed up for yourself. What kind of thing was it? How likely are you to actually use the stuff now compared to a year, two years, five years ago? And what kind of things does somebody have to give you for you to be excited enough about it to tell your friends and colleagues they've got to sign up too? Yeah, because that's really where Misaki Amai was going with this surprise and delight work. When you surprise and delight a customer, it gets them talking about the experience, yeah? And the line on what we need to do to surprise and delight people on our free stuff has been moving and moving and moving. So it's no longer, for example, enough for someone to set up a Facebook group. Somebody we look up to, we admire, just being part of their group is not enough. We want them in there. We want them helping us, giving us the individual attention we crave that other clients might be paying thousands of dollars for, and we want it for free. (laughs) Why? Well, here's my theory, and you're welcome to object and add in your tuppence worth. It's because it's what the big names, the millionaires of the internet, tell us works. Yeah, and it does work for them. So even though they're not actually doing it themselves, when was the last time you saw one of the big names actually interacting in their focus focus actually interacting in their Facebook group unless they were mid-launch? Yeah. Some of them get in there, they're really friendly, you've got about this seven to ten days where they're answering every question. But if you look at it, they're not actually helping. They're just telling you about their product. It's very clever. And then they archive the group. So they don't even have to pay someone to moderate it. To me, that kind of feels a bit manipulative, yeah, a bit salesy. But 
their boundaries are very clear and for that I admire them. Yeah, it's peer support with guru inspiration. But where so many of us are going with our Facebook groups is we're in there three or four hours a day helping people on stuff that in the olden days they'd have paid to paid us to mentor them on or to coach them on or they'd have paid for the training or the product. You see, they've got the following and they've claimed the authority to be able to create that space and still have people rave about them. Now, there's another difference as well. They are already financially stable. They've got their high five-figure clients. They've got their monthly six-figure passive income. They already run a successful publishing or consultancy business. And they've hired the superstars to do most of the doing in their business. So they just get to do the stuff that they're best at. And that's how a business should run. But can you imagine how when you're coming from that place of stability, knowing that your systems work, knowing that you're fully supported, knowing that a small amount of giving for free for a short period of time is going to reap massive, potentially seven-figure rewards, that's so different from what most of the rest of us are trying to do. That's why when they give, when they want to use the law of reciprocity, they can afford to hire the film crew for three days in an exotic location to create five hours of training video. They can afford to run a two-day seminar for free. They can afford to do this stuff. That's why the surprise and delight free line keeps moving. So they know their funnel works. They've paid somebody to test it. They'll have done the trials. They've got the experience. They can afford to pay for thousands of dollars of Facebook marketing per day to create the studio quality funnels because they know that a thousand people will sign up for their multi-thousand dollar training as a result, bringing them at least a million from the launch, even after they've paid their 50% affiliate fees to the high name people they were joint venturing with. The fact is, when you start out with the free stuff, there's this thing in engineering called inertia, static friction versus dynamic friction. It's much harder work to get a heavy object to move if it's still than if it's already moving. And it's the same with wallets. It's much easier to get somebody to trade up, for example, once they've already made a purchase decision than it is to get someone to make the purchase decision and go and get their wallet or Facebook or um, PayPal password out. Yeah. There's a lovely example I was told last week of a top podcast owner, someone who's known for doing so much for free. People rave about his podcast. He's got over 10,000 weekly listeners and he proactively asks for donations to help him cover the cost of running the podcast because podcasts aren't free. They cost real hard cash, yeah? And although people love how much their podcast episode helped them, he says that fewer than 0.1% of his listeners have donated more than once and that the average donation is around the $5 mark. They love him. He talks to them right in their earbuds for an hour or two a week And only 0.1% felt that was worth more than $5 to them over the course of a year. The inertia is huge when we're stuck giving for free. Now, Daniel Priestley, he's written some brilliant business books, including Key Person of Influence, one that I strongly recommend you read, even though you might need to kind of translate it for your own market because he writes about B2B corporate stuff mostly. So his take on this is that information is free. And it's implementation that's what's chargeable. And I wholeheartedly agree. Most things, the what, can be found out there on Uncle Google somewhere. 
but it's walking people through the implementation with the shortcuts, helping them with the learning curves and the doing it for them at a business level that he gets paid for. But here's the thing. His model is more about the corporate world where people know that if you're going to get something done, you've got to pay somebody to do it. They don't expect their staff to work for free. They don't expect their contractors to work for free. Well, some do, but they shouldn't. Yeah. It doesn't translate to small scale B2B with micro businesses and solopreneurs. Why? Because we're all addicted to DIY, to doing it ourselves. <laughs> we started our businesses learning how to become web designers, learning about our email software, learning how to do the marketing ourselves, designing our own brochures, doing our own courses, editing our own videos. We're so used to doing it ourselves. We don't have that mindset yet. That CEO mindset, who's the best person to do this to get the most positive result most quickly and most affordably? Most CEOs would never say that's them. Most solopreneurs would say it is. Now, another person that says that information is free is Seth Godin. I hugely admire his work. He's really been working hard to turn industry norms on their heads. But here's the thing. He's already made his money from his books. His speaker fees and the hugely successful launch of his recent Alt-MBA has brought him more money than most people's pension pots. Yeah, and he deserves it. He's worked hard. But the fact is that he's giving for free and he's got a platform that means people will pay him. So how do you get to the level of having that platform that means the law of reciprocity will still work for you? So we need to rethink the model. We need to take the big name blueprints, swipe files, cheat sheets with a bucket of salt. And here's something that being head of market research for a major brand and also an NLP trainer have taught me. When somebody tells you their truth, always stand in their shoes to understand what needs to be real for them to make them draw that conclusion. So, for example, if I'm researching book titles yeah, I will stand in the shoes of the person giving me feedback thinking, well, where are they on the journey that my potential reader is going to be? Are they already at the end of the journey, meaning they'd want this title or are they at the beginning of the journey, meaning they need that title? And where do I need to position that book? Yeah, it's about interpreting the answers rather than just taking them as gospel. So for the big names, when they're telling us to give everything away for free, why? Well, because their basic needs are already met. I really don't think Eben Pagan wakes up in the morning thinking, my God, am I going to be able to buy shoes for my kids today? Am I going to have to choose between hosting my website or buying food for dinner? And in fact, it's more than their basic needs are met, isn't it? Their luxury needs are already met. Most of them make more money in a single launch than their typical buyers will make in a lifetime. That's why they can give stuff away for free. High ticket launches. These people have rightly so. They, they're building businesses. They've got a team of experts who will make sure that the investment in advertising, the free funnel stuff they've created and upgrades will bring them the seven figures they're looking for. They're not leaving it to chance. They've got the resources to put into this. They already have the audience and the platform to guarantee success. And think about it. Do you ever hear one of the big names offering one-hour free discovery sessions to members of the public? Do you ever hear about them spending three hours a day in their Facebook groups outside of launches helping people with their problems? Yet, yeah, whenever they give something to us, 
There are exceptions to this rule, but most of the time, as soon as you see them in your inbox with some fantastic freebie, the launch alarm goes off. Yeah. (laughs) So they've moved beyond the one to one model to the one to many. Yeah. They can afford to give for free to 99% of those who sign up because it is a numbers game for them. They need you to be so blown away by what they're giving you for free which most of us would have to charge for or we'd be going bankrupt, that it makes us talk about it because that saves them their advertising fees and people sharing the fact they've just signed up for this incredible mind-blowing free training that frankly should probably cost $1,000 is what gets the hype out there. They have moved the law of reciprocity. They've shifted the surprise and delight to mean that what now people are expecting for free is something that most of us cannot financially deliver. So the very people who are preaching that we need to give our best work away for free are the ones who've caused the law of reciprocity to stop working. And it's our fault too. We're addicted to doing it ourselves, yeah? We expect the gurus to give us the what for free and then we'll muddle on through to figure out the how ourselves. It's a rare solopreneur who's ready to make the commitment to themselves and their business dreams to invest money as well as time. We're scared of spending. But it's also why we're stuck in what we'd hoped would be the freedom lifestyle, working an 80-hour week mostly unpaid. It's why businesses aren't growing. It's why we're exhausted, secretly feeling like a failure, running on empty, perhaps even starting to resent our readers, our group members, our subscribers, our listeners, our viewers, everyone who's taking our lifeblood for free, which they can only take because we're giving it to them. So how do we fix this? Yeah, you know me, I'm going to give you the stuff to turn this around. (laughs) We need to get perspective back. We need to start charging ourselves for our time. Even if you don't put it through the accounts, keep a record. How much is it costing your business having you do it all yourself? Going the slow road, because hey, you know, tortoise and the hare, at least the tortoise kept moving. Yeah, yeah. Giving it all away for free. Is that how much you really want to be spending on your marketing? And what kind of return on investment are you getting? So, for example, that free opt-in book that maybe took two months to write, three or four hours a day, and you did all the formatting and it looks great and it's fantastic value add. How much would that have cost if you'd had to pay yourself to write it? Or if you'd had to hire someone in? Now, that's the minimum cost you should be charging yourself, even if only in your head. Is it paying back? Are you measuring the results? Because you can sure as damn it bet that the big names out there with their seven-figure launches are measuring every nuance of results to test what's working and what's not. Is it really bringing you more leads than a two-page download would have brought that might only have taken you three hours to create? Then think about the three hours a day you're spending helping people for free in your Facebook groups, the kind of thing that in the olden days would have been paid mentoring. How often does that turn into leads? And once you factor in the hour-long free discovery calls, how many paying clients are those hours in your Facebook groups actually bringing you? Would you even break even if you were paying someone else to do this for you? Now, one objection, okay, what rate do I pick to do these sums? You know what? It doesn't matter because the numbers are going to be scary, whatever you pick. 
You can pick your typical hourly rate, your bursary hourly rate, what you might pay somebody else in your industry to do this for you. When you've done the maths and you look at whether that time investment, once it's turned into money, is actually paying back, most of us would be really shocked by the answers. So why do we keep doing this, yeah? I mean, yeah, sure, the big guys are telling us to, but if they told us to stick our heads in the oven, we wouldn't, would we? It's because we're desperate to please. Most of us want to make a difference in the world. We're people pleasers. We're crowd pleasers. We'll give in the hope that people will like us and show us appreciation and we'll feel worthy and we'll belong and we'll finally be good enough. We've all got our own inner dialogue on that. When you uncover what it is that crazy overgiving for free is doing for you, you can deal with that need. It's called secondary gain. I talk about it loads in Dare to Dream Bigger. You can deal with that hidden need and then the overgiving can disappear. You can create a healthier relationship with your clients, your business and choosing consciously what's free, what's paid and having boundaries that work. So here are two things you can do. Firstly, in a moment, if it's safe for you to do so, press pause. And I want you to give yourself 10 answers, scribble them down, type them into your phone, finishing off this statement. I have to give so much away for free because I have to give so much away for free because pause, let the answers bubble up without judgment, get to 10 if you can, because that's the real nitty gritty stuff and come back to me. Now, here's another one. People don't want to pay me because people don't want to pay me because let 10 answers come up there too and then come back to me. So these answers are our beliefs, the dogma we've picked up, our excuses and our fears. Yeah, you can go through them. If you've worked with me before, if you've done Dead, read Dead Stream Bigger, you'll know. I tell you, go through your list. You should have about 20 answers on those two questions. Any that are just plain nonsense, cross them out, wave them goodbye and set yourself free. Any that are deeper, ask yourself, what is it that's driving me to believe that? What is it that's driving me to believe that's true? Start allowing yourself to uncover the limiting beliefs. As Carl Jung said, awareness is the first key to change. These beliefs are driving our thoughts, which drive our actions. When we start to dig beneath them at what created the beliefs, that's where we create the potential to set ourselves free from those old habits to consciously create the reality we'd prefer to have instead. I've got resources for you. So here's the thing. Most of the time with limiting beliefs, solopreneurs think, oh, I'll just I'll, I'll just ditch that. I'll just think differently. No, <laughs> the beliefs drive the thoughts. It's not the other way around. Thoughts can create beliefs, but once the belief is there, it puts a filter into the reticular activating system in your brain and creates the neurology, the neurology to support that belief long term. You need to go below the beliefs if you really want to clear them out. If you've got some beliefs that have come up in there that you're ready to ditch, I've got a fantastic resource for you at clareyosa.com forward slash limiting belief, C-L-A-R-E-J-O-S-A.com forward slash limiting belief to help you to truly ditch a limiting belief in under five minutes. And if what's coming up for you is money issues, these are really deep rooted. They're slippery beasts. I know from experience, both with myself and with my clients. Why do we try and fix them on our own? Why do we think that the deepest rooted beliefs and blocks we have can be fixed by reading a book or watching a short five minute video? 
get some help with this. If you've got money blocks getting in the way of your business, just think what they're costing you each and every day. Year in, year out. Or you could clear them out, create a healthier relationship with money and grow a business where you actually make money instead of earning it or just hoping that you might. Come and get some one-to-one, clareyosa.com forward slash mentoring. You'll find out different ways we could work together or pick someone who really resonates with you to support you through clearing out your money blocks. So we need to have clear options for working with us. We need to have clear boundaries on what's free and what's not. And we need to throw away the rule book because those guys who are already millionaires are running a very different set of rules to the rest of us. How about thinking about the cold lead experience of someone coming into your business not knowing who you are? Treat it like a journey. Don't give away hours of coaching for free in your Facebook groups, hoping that somebody in there might see it and be so proud of and grateful for what you've shared that they're going to suddenly pay your fees. It's so unlikely to happen. Yes, there are people who manage to get clients that way. They've dealt with their inner blocks. Or it's just something that works for their business model. But if what you're doing isn't working, have a look at why. What can you measure? What's the truth in this? And what could you do differently that might work for you instead in the future? Perhaps look at what is driving you to overgive or have blurred boundaries. So how could you turn this into something positive? If you've been falling into these traps, you've been overgiving, you've been hoping it's going to give the law of reciprocity a bit of a tweak to get people signing up in droves to pay you. How could you turn this around? How could you rewrite the rule book so that you're growing a thriving business you love that helps you to make the difference you need to make in the world whilst also putting food in the fridge? What kind of objections might you get from people who are used to having your free stuff? And, you know, here's a big hint. It's pretty rare in my 15 years of business experience for somebody who is compulsively eating your free stuff to suddenly turn up with a four-figure check. (laughs) It's pretty rare. They're not ready to commit. They might be one day. But how much energy are you giving them in the meantime? And what energy, what else could you be spending that energy on? So you don't need 20 free Facebook groups to grow a successful business, unless that's what you passionately want to do. Don't be afraid to rewrite the rules. You don't have to give every webinar away for free. You don't have to give thousands of pounds of freebies with every book launch. God knows I've done that one, yeah? It's okay to press reset. And sometimes you need to take time out to do that. That's actually what I'm doing for the whole of August. I am doing a social media detox. I have taken Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn off my phone. I have banned myself from looking at them on my computer. And I'm going to see what happens if I just take myself out of the social media world for a month. Because social media is about giving. Yeah, you've got Gary Vinerchuk's written a great book, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. And it's about how you give, 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 take. The thing is, with this moving the free line, with the surprise and delight graph shifting, it's like give needs to be about a thousand times now before you can take. And people zone out on the take. They just don't notice that post. Pressing reset will give you time to get clarity. 
even just taking a genuine two-week holiday where you don't feel obsessive about having to share your photos in order to somehow appease an audience that's hungry for you and can't cope without you. Getting yourself that clarity, or maybe if you can't go away, meditating for 10 minutes a day. Yeah, I've written a book on it, the 28-day meditation challenge on how 10 minutes a day can change your life. Or if you're more into video training, 28daymeditationchallenge.com is where you'll find my online course. What could you do to press pause, to press reset, to get clarity on where your boundaries need to be? To focus on that customer experience as a journey, to help them see, well, okay, I know you, I like you, I trust you. Now I know where my wallet is. I'm hungry. I'm going to say yes. So I've made some really big decisions on my business, which I'm not going to be announcing until September the 1st when I'm back from my self-imposed social media rehab. (laughs) And actually, I'm really pleased with them. I really love them. And I think those that are hungry to work with me are going to really enjoy these. There are some people who are going to be upset and that's fine. I'm sorry, but I'm going to just leave you on that one. I'll let you know, I promise, in the first podcast after that date. But for now, I want to hand this over to you. How do you feel about all of this? The law of reciprocity. Is it working for you as an individual? Do you feel reciprocity towards those who give you stuff for free? Is it working for your business? Do you agree with me on what's been causing this? Are there other factors I've not covered yet today? And what kinds of things are we prepared to pay for these days? And what might you do differently in your business so that being able to put food in your fridge as well as change the world becomes a no-brainer for you? Let me know via the comments. And if you've got my book, Dare to Dream Bigger, there's some references in here to really help you on this stuff. Confidence, because part of our pricing and asking to be paid is a confidence thing. Page 100 in the hardback edition, search for how to build up to rockstar confidence in Kindle. Page 122, putting food in the fridge. Yeah. The whole of step three, credibility, because credibility is what gets you paid. Yeah, that's why this reciprocity is working for the big name gurus. Page 278, how to figure out which actions will get results. And page 281, how to escape from shiny object syndrome, because that's often another reason why we end up overgiving for free, because we're launching too many things and creating too many products. So I'd love to hear from you via the comments. You'll find the show notes for this episode at clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero four two. That's C-L-A-R-E-J-O-S-A dot com forward slash podcast forward slash zero four two. And as promised, I'm on a social media rehab. So I'm not going to be sharing this episode far and wide via social media like I usually would. Could you help me out and do it for me? (laughs) If you found this useful today, if it's been thought provoking, if you're going to make any changes in your business as a result, even if it's just allowed you to get clear about what your free versus paid boundaries are and how you're going to help people on the journey from one to the other, please share the link. Help other people benefit from this too clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero four two. And to help me keep this podcast free the way you know you want it to be and advertising free, if you felt inspired, perhaps you could pop onto your favorite big bookstore in the sky or go to your local bookshop and order Dare to Dream Bigger 
the Inside Work Handbook for Entrepreneurs and Passionate World Changers. I'd really love to get to walk by your side on the next stage of the journey. Have a fantastic week. I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks because I'm actually going to take some proper holiday. And if you've got a topic you'd love me to cover, come to clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 042. Let me know via the comments. Thank you. Thank you.